swords and candle art to spark souls and charge souls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores and legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's ores. a grand theft of elk scrolls simon's quest the tone earl rock shoes to every clue keeps the exit gaming news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control nations Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A Dub. You can find us at control issues.com. That dash is a hyphen. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it, give it five stars. Do what you got to do over there. Uh, you could also head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure and also hop on over to Twitter. My control issues is the handle, you know, handle your business. AMC, how you living? Living well. Can't complain. Loving video games, loving life. Yes. Told you that I watched a little bit, of the, finally caught up and watched that movie Dread. That movie. Yes, the new one. Yeah, the, the new, new the new Earl. <laughs> yeah, the newish one. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it was great. Everybody said at the time that it was good. It was one of those things where it came out. I'm not sure if it did well in the box office or critically, but people that I like opinions that I trusted said that the movie was good. So Marissa, having seen it twice already, was like, "Oh, you haven't seen Dread? We we need to watch that." <laughs> so, yes. Wife of the year. <laughs> exactly. So we sat down, watched that. It was um it lived up to everything that I wanted it to be. It was basically the raid with, with more guns and less yes. uh hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> yeah, so much good science fiction action. That's all I really sign up for when it comes to these kind of movies. And Dread was it was nice. It was a good modern take on Judge Dread, you know, the the film Sylvester Stallone, that's a classic. Yeah. But the what they did with it in the newer movie was great. It's exactly what I needed. Uh, it feels similar about it that I did to the, the recent Total Recall, where it was less about the legacy of the first film and just more about all oh, new sci-fi action. This is awesome. Yeah, hell yeah. How about yourself, A-Dub? How you been? Uh, chilling, watching a new episode of Jujutsu Kaisen, watching a new episode of Fire Force. So that's nice. I think uh, each... Each of those shows got a new episode in the past two weeks. So four new episodes to watch. Good stuff. Uh, what else did I do? I watched that Biggie documentary that's on Netflix. So that was yeah, yeah. that was a little insightful. I'm always glad to get new information and insight into that era of rap. You know, having grown up in it, being a kid, didn't really put all the pieces together. But as an adult, now that I can come at it with a mature brain, analytical, critical, I can, you know, dissect and further appreciate those aspects of my childhood. So watch that. Uh, what else did I do? I just played a lot of games. And Speaking of, yes. what, are them, what are them games that you've been playing? What them games be is, <laughs> well, if you head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod, you'll see that I've just been, uploading videos of me trying to make this run at the final dungeon of curse of the dead gods so yeah it's it's at the point like i know all of the other bosses in the game so well like i'm going at them sloppy still beating them still coming out ahead (laughs) like it's it's just it's a formality at this point and then i'll get up to the final final boss and wreck his first phase like I'm, I'm at the point where he can't even touch me in the first phase now and then second phase once he pulls up that bow and arrow it just kills me every time shooting that that figure eight homing arrow shooting the just the wild barrage all around but you know you go into these games to gather information until you just you're you're ahead of the game itself so 
I'm feeling as if that's purely a defensive, like evasive phase of that form of his of his encounter. So when he pulls up that bow and arrow, I'm gonna be moving around all the other forms. You know, I figured out the distance and the spacing in order to minimize my damage or eliminate that when those come out. So, you know, I did pretty good. I took a lot of hit points off of them. It's just they pulled out that bow and arrow and I just kept just down, 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 down. <laughs> so, oh, <man. laughs> you know how that goes when you just fall into a, a bad string of timing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, damn, I'm dodging into the attacks now. <laughs> like that kind of shit. So yeah, I just got to get back in there and finish it off. But, you know, I have a little added incentive. I was already looking forward to moving on to Deep Sky Derelicts once I finished off Curse of the Dead Gods. But when I was following Wario64 on Twitter, trying to get a little more serious on my PS5 hunt since Disco Elysium is coming out pretty soon, I happened across one of his posts where he notes that Star Renegade is on the PlayStation Store and it's 25% off if you're a member of Plus. So I immediately flew over there and bought that game because uh, I believe when it was first showcased, it was having a console debut on Xbox with no information about when it would come to other platforms, other platforms being Sony PlayStation. But it's been out for three days. I had no idea. So that was awesome and went out, got Star Star Renegades. Now it's just sitting there looking at me every time I cut on my PlayStation. So I'm really anxious to finish Curse of the Dead Guys at this point. Don't be surprised if I put it down anytime soon. But AMC, what have you been playing? Um, same two games, putting in work on Fire Emblem. Super Mario 3D World, a little less Fire Emblem this week, so won't need to get into that. But Super Mario 3D World, we're now on World 5, been pushing through that game. Um, Yeah, I'd say the thing that really shines most are the suits. Um, Really just just going all in when you think about what Super Mario Bros. 3 and some of the later games like Super Mario World, um, even though I haven't seen that cape yet from Super Mario World. Uh, But yeah, like just... The suits, the things that you love most about Mario games. This one is is doing it in the right way. And every time you get a new suit, it's it's a f- breath of fresh air, and it just changes up like combat or how you interact with certain puzzles or of platforming. And the one that we got recently was the Boomerang Bros suit. <laughs> so now I'm I'm tossing that. What? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. You throw the boomerang, it comes back so you can kind of line it up to go through a guy move over and then have it come back through another dude (laughs) to take him out um and yeah it just gives you some some more distance because up until this point i believe my only projectile attack was the 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 tried and true fireball but now that i got the the boomerang bros i now have another suit to rely on um boss battles have been kind of where boss battles are as far as Mario games, starting with, I'd say, 64, maybe even World, where they're not that difficult at all. But the uh, levels leading up, the some of the platforming, um, some of the platforming, I guess, hurdles that you have to jump over are just really tough, uh, especially playing multiplayer one with Marissa. And then they have this thing where you, every now and then there's a level where you get cherries and then, you end up having two dudes, so like two Luigi's or two Mario's that you have to control and you have to keep them together. They don't automatically stay next to each other. So if like they separate, you have to do that thing where you find a wall and you have one walk run into the wall while the other one like slowly catches up to you. <laughs> <laughs> and you're you're incentivized to keep them alive because there'll be certain platforms that require you to have a certain amount of characters on it in order to activate that platform. And typically that will lead to then getting one of the three level stars uh, collectibles that you can get on a level. So uh, there is an incentive to try to do it right, but it just makes it that much more difficult. And so certain levels we've gotten close to game over, but not quite there um, since I think it was world three. That was the first time where we had to actually like continue (laughs) and hop back in and like recollect our lives and all that good stuff. Um, So yeah, it's, uh, it's still holding up as one of the great Mario games. Um, looking forward to beating it, but if it 
continues I'm, I'm on world five hopefully there's at least eight worlds um but if not i'm really enjoying it and enjoying the uh toad treasure tracker levels that were in this game i didn't go into the history of this game but it, it feels like the toad treasure tracker levels started in this game and then eventually spent um spun off into their own series of games and so to uh, you guys take these little seed things and See what you can come up with. Yeah, you're like, oh, you guys like playing with Toad? Oh, you like searching for treasure with Toad? Well, you know what? Now we got a game for you and Toadette. <laughs> and, Toadette. <laughs> and it was a great game, I got to say. Um, and so, yeah, just really enjoying everything that Super Mario 3D World has to offer. This is, a media, a dub. this is a meaty episode, so let's get into the topics of the week. Top topics of the week. Oh. You want to lead it off? <laughs> oh, man. Just, may as well just get right into the meat and potatoes. Other situation, got the, the big story of the week. And as soon as my slow-ass computer catches up, I can share it with you. Yes. So the deal is done. All the documentation has been signed. The hands have been shooken. The babies have been kissed. Microsoft. CC has cleared. <laughs> 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 Microsoft and ZeniMax are officially as one. The acquisition is complete. AMC, how do you feel? Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, I feel good about this. I'm, I'm happy that it's, I guess, official now. I, I think most of the people had pretty much accepted that it was going to happen, and there were a select few that it's like until until it's official, you can't you can't get excited about this. <laughs> oh god, those types. <laughs> yeah, and so now those those people can now just accept the uh, the reality of things. So that's good. Now it's official, and we're kind of already starting to see some of the changes. Um, there. I'm sure you'll get into this. There's still some questions. Some questions have been answered, but there's still a lot of questions out there. I mean, how, how did you feel just with that, with it becoming official? With it becoming official, it's a little, it's a little refreshing because now they can start to say things that are more definite about what this situation is going to mean for gamers in the long term. So they've begun saying as much. <laughs> we got some additional news in regards to all the various games and, you know, setups in so far as what they'll be available on. Uh, let me see now. First story that we have to sort of clarify what's going on with exclusivity. Uh, some Bethesda games will be Xbox PC exclusives under Microsoft. However, some implies not all. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing that out there. But yeah, so uh, in an article that's on Xbox Wire, Phil Spencer is quoted as saying, with the addition of the Bethesda creative teams, gamers should know that Xbox consoles, PC, and Game Pass will be the best place to experience new Bethesda games, including some new titles in the future that will be exclusive to Xbox and PC players. So yeah, kind of vague language. That's been the, the tail of the tape insofar as what goes on with this whole situation i mean i imagine they're going to save the more definite language for sometime in the future when they get a little more specific uh the article goes on this is on ign it goes on to say that many fans have been interested in whether new games from bethesda could be exclusive to the platform going forward as a result of the deal spencer's comments suggest that quote unquote some will uh, previously spencer said the future Bethesda titles would come to other consoles on a case-by-case -case basis. So as much as they're saying now, we're still up in the air when it comes to what everything means for certain. However, to lend a little more certainty, we have a couple more stories. Um, as soon as my slow-ass computer catches up, I'll tell you what the next one is. <laughs> See now, Skyrim, as well as four other Bethesda games, are going to be getting frames per second boosts on Xbox Series X up to 60 frames per second. Uh. <laughs> so now you're starting to see some of the benefits of making an acquisition of this type. So now Bethesda games that you're going to be playing on your Xbox consoles are going to have better performance than on other platforms. 
This is going to hit with Skyrim as well as four other games. I don't think they listed those yet, but you're going to get that phrase for second boost. AMC, how do you feel about this? Uh, yeah, it's great. Um, definitely take care of your games now that they're in your house. Now you can start to really focus on making them better experiences or anything, or if anything, make it the peak experience so that when people think about where they want to go to play Bethesda games, even if they're available on other consoles, they know that the best experience will then be on Game Pass or on Xbox. And so, yeah, this is something that is necessary, I feel like. But yeah, let's keep it going. Yeah, so specifically the games getting the frames per second boost would be the Elder Scrolls Skyrim Special Edition, Fallout 4, Fallout 76, Dishonored Definitive Edition, and Prey. So that's something to look forward to for Xbox fans, owners of those games. But at the same time, what about people who don't currently own those games? Well, Xbox has got some news for you because they just added 20 Bethesda games to Game Pass. AMC, how do you feel? Or do you need some more details? Um, yeah, I have the list right here. Do you want to go through the list first before we discuss this? Yeah, let's run down the list. Let's see what what people are going to have access to on Game Pass. All you little Xbox owners getting you perks. Acquisition's real. Run it down. Let's see. So we got Dishonored Definitive Edition. This will be on console, PC, cloud. Dishonored 2, console, PC, cloud. Doom 1993, console, PC, cloud. Doom 2, console, PC, cloud. Doom 3, console, PC, cloud. Doom 64, console, PC, cloud. (laughs) Doom Eternal, console, PC, cloud. Uh, Elder Scrolls 3, Morrowind, console, and PC. So no cloud. Elder Scrolls... Four, Oblivion, console PC, no cloud. Uh, Elder Scrolls Five, Skyrim Special Edition, console PC cloud. Elder Scrolls Online, cloud console. Uh, the Evil Within, console PC cloud. Fallout 4, console PC cloud. Fallout 76, console PC cloud. Fallout New Vegas, console. Prey, console PC cloud. Rage 2, console PC cloud. Wolfenstein, The New Order, Console PC Cloud. Wolfenstein, The Old Blood, Console PC Cloud. Wolfenstein, Young... What's, what's up, Young Blood? Console PC Cloud. Young Bloods, the, the, <laughs> the young ladies unrealistically <laughs> killing zombies. <laughs> Can't believe it. <laughs> I see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> two, two women that small can't do that. <laughs> it's not historically relevant. It's not accurate. <laughs> Oh mercy, uh, trolls, troll of the past. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, getting yeah. into this. So, I mean, oh yeah, sorry, you were gonna say. Oh, uh, I was gonna ask you, like, how does how does this affect you? So this how is do you the, feel about Game Pass now, AMC? Yeah, so this is what it's all really about. Is it's Game Pass? This is. Um, so I pulled uh, another quote from phil spencer um where he he was discussing there's contractual obligations that we're going to see through and we always do in every one of these instances we have games that exist on either platforms and we're going to go support those games on the platforms that they're on and even in the future there might be things that have contractual things and legacy on different platforms that will that will go do but if you're an xbox customer the game i want The thing I want you to know is that this is about delivering great exclusive games for you that ship on platforms where Game Pass exists. So yeah, everything right here with the the 20 games, this is all about Game Pass. Um, They're just trying to build up that library. And that's where I think they get into this thing with exclusivity. They So we have no idea what's going to happen with the bigger games like Starfield and whatnot, but they want to make sure that you know that any game that Bethesda makes is going to be on Game Pass. That's that's the constant reminder. Now they're going to try to optimize them on Game Pass as well, so that they run the best the best possible um, to have the best possible experience. And then for future games, the games that aren't contractually obligated to other platforms, you can damn no, you can damn well guarantee that they're going to be on Game Pass. He didn't say anything about console, which is interesting, but he does say. If the console has Game Pass, then you can expect these games. So, I mean, there's been a lot of speculation about like, oh, like, will the Nintendo Switch get Game Pass? Will the Game Pass ever come to PlayStation? Who knows? We have seen Ori 
come to uh, Nintendo Switch. We did see, uh, what was it, um, Cuphead come to Nintendo Switch. Cuphead is also on PlayStation. But we've also seen MLB The Show now go multi-platform, which used to be a PlayStation exclusive. So who knows how this is all going to shake up and come together um, as the as this console generation continues to evolve. But uh the key here is Game Pass. There's you're trying they're trying to make this the best value in the gaming space. If you're into video games and you want to have the most games uh, available by paying the least amount possible, they're they're saying it's Game Pass, and so that's why it's it's all about constantly announcing what games are coming to Game Pass. Similar to how we do with PlayStation Plus, like we people get excited for one month of a free game, and now they're basically trying to let you know that this service you'll have these games forever how about yourself Adam? I it definitely makes game pass a bit more enticing just to i mean i have a good number of those games especially having the ones that i want to play but there are ones especially older ones such as morrowind or some of the older dooms that are a bit enticing you know because want to relive that nostalgia, want to play some of those classics for the first time. Uh, ultimately, it doesn't sway my my favor for or against Xbox. Like, I still have the same feelings I have for it. But, I mean, it's cool for people who utilize Game Pass. And it's just another immediate benefit of this acquisition for that side. So, Microsoft is doing an excellent job on bolstering the value of their ecosystem and adding to the value of Xbox. So that's, that's awesome. This is just pure speculation, but do you see it from their perspective that they would want to still have games multi-platform like moving forward, like with say like, like whatever the next fallout or whatever, or do you think it would be in their best interest to keep it exclusive? I mean, honest, I mean, it should go without saying that keeping it exclusive would be in their best interest because for as many bridges as you burn, you solidify all the remaining ones while also possibly building new bridges to people who otherwise wouldn't come to your platform. So that's the way to do it. However, judging by their language and their their coyness with what's going on, I feel like they're going to try to play both sides of the fence and make the money play which is to satisfy the most people, regardless of what platform they're on, while still trying to attract new customers to their ecosystem. So I, I, I don't see them doing any kind of multi-platform stuff like in the future, but just in the short term with the existing games that Bethesda has already announced, I don't see why they wouldn't do at least one or two of those as multi-platform releases just just to ease the transition of Bethesda going from a third-party publisher to a first-party Microsoft studio and publisher. So we'll see. But, yeah. you know, there. either way, this is good for Microsoft. This is good for Microsoft gamers. This is another reason why you should get it. Xbox, however, there are some people who aren't so enthusiastic about this merger. <laughs> there are some people who have some, some choice words for this acquisition. And we bring them to you in this week's Troll of the Week. Troll, Troll of the, the Week. week. <laughs> Troll of the Week. Troll of the Week. All right, so as you can probably tell, today's trolls are coming sideways at Microsoft, Xbox, and Bethesda over this acquisition of Specifically, Xbox put out a tweet in which it reads, we've always been Bethesda fans, now we're family. Hashtag Bethesda joins Xbox. <laughs> pretty innocuous, pretty straightforward, pretty formal, something you would expect for it, an achievement like this, acquiring Bethesda, making this, this new bond, this new relationship. The, all this new content under the Microsoft Studios banner. First troll says, "Tis a dark day for PlayStation, indeed." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we got some news coming up to show you that it's it's a rather bright day for PlayStation. <laughs> mm, yeah. But we'll get to that a little later. You know, just on the subject 
of this channel of the week, PlayStation, which has some of the most critically acclaimed, highest selling first party titles that there are coming off of a successful hardware generation, a successful hardware launch. I don't think they're tricking. Next show says PlayStation better. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, I get it. That's that's how you feel. I feel a similar way. But just coming into an Xbox thread and talking about how good PlayStation is, that's mm-hmm. a little yeah. on the trolley side. Next troll says, I don't know how people like the best of games. They're pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> You know, one man's trash, homie. One man's trash, and I like I like that Bethesda jank. What can I say? There's, there's something about walking around an open world, post-apocalyptic wasteland, being able to go into a majority of the buildings, finding environmental storytelling, pulling equipment off of bodies, and you know, just destruction and item placement being persistent. Having to get my water, get my sleep, watch my rats. <laughs> It's all good stuff, you know, forging weapons, killing dragons, dungeon crawling, third person or first person, make a choice. Come on now. But that's the games have a lot going for them. And like not just the games that they develop, but also the games that they publish. I mean, the Dooms are a return to form and a refreshing reimagining of a classic franchise. Uh, they brought back Prey to critical acclaim. What you got Dishonored, which is a new IP, Arcane Studios. People are in love with that, and they're currently developing Deathloop. I mean, we got Ghostwire Tokyo coming, uh, the Rage franchise, of which there are mixed feelings about that. You know, of those mixed feelings, the overlap seems to be that the gameplay is solid. They just need to work on the other stuff. So, but that's the obviously knows what they're doing when they're developing games. So, what are you doing up on the Twitter thread, Hayden? Next troll says, Xbox has really fallen off since the 360 days. <laughs> well, that's probably why they're making big-ass $7.5 billion acquisitions of major third-party publishers as well as their subsidiary development studios in order to reinvigorate the value of the brand to get people like yourself back in their good graces. But, you know, it's, that's just what I think. And see, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, one, as we like discuss with other developers, I mean, it's it's just at some point the target gets put on your back. There's not too many safe. I like I. It'd be hard pressed to find a safe developer at this point, especially after what Cyberpunk yeah. project right going down. Uh, they are the latest, uh, and so yeah, it's every developer kind of at some point last generation or the generation before that found a way to you know. Get on the bad side of the community, so now everybody's kind of shitty as far as people are concerned. Um, How does the community do this, where they constantly find something where this is irredeemable? (laughs) (laughs) So, like, I I think it's I think it's a great thing, um, especially to have what Oblivion and Bethesda there alongside what Machine Gains and all these other developers. So, um, it's just City and In Exile. Yeah, it's it's a good thing to have just this the stable of developers just for as of right now it's it, it creates a lot of optimism towards the brand of the potential of the brand and what could possibly come down the line and we're early enough in the early enough in the generation especially the way things kind of rolled out with like covid and the lack of production of consoles and yada yada um and you know i haven't said this i don't have a playstation 5 so it hasn't really been on my radar but people have been you know on shows i listen to have kind of griped about the um, the lack of, I guess, exclusive games, <laughs> which people are always going to grab about whenever there's, I guess, cross-gen games. And uh, so we're kind of at a point now where we're still waiting for those must-buy games for these new consoles. And so until then, it's, it's all about hype and speculation. And so an easy way to win that narrative is to pick up a, a big developer or a big group like Zenimax. And so, yeah, we see this and yeah, they dominate the headlines for the week while we wait for the next game to come out. So yeah, I think it's a, it's a win for Xbox as of right now. People, people always want exclusives when they need to justify purchasing a console. Mm 
but then people don't want exclusives when they don't want to purchase another console. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, how many people it's got like, with the exclusivity of like, yeah, these games, like, oh, like now they're going to be exclusive on Xbox. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Next troll says, boycott Game Pass. Shitting on 60% of gamers was a dick move. <laughs> 60% of gamers. 60% of gamers. <laughs> I was that because 60% of gamers own what PlayStation and not Xbox? I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where you get your numbers from. <laughs> especially like because, especially because Microsoft doesn't release numbers. So. Exactly. So but boy got game pass. First of all, like this it's it's 2021. It's the 21st century. We're all adults here you buy or don't buy or subscribe to whatever the hell you want. Make sure that you're happy. You don't need to take up some internet keyboard warriors crusade against the corporation that they decided that they hate this week just because they post some shit on Twitter in all caps. Like, whatever. Form your own opinion. Buy a Game Pass if you want it. Don't buy it if you don't want it. There's something out there for everybody. Be happy. Focus on playing shit. Quit trying to find reasons not to play shit. And now, last troll. And like most families, there's the one who always lies, cheats, and continues to disappoint. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, <laughs> referring to <laughs> exactly. Like, that's the most ambiguous shade ever. Like Microsoft was lying and cheating. <laughs> <laughs> disappointing and Bethesda was lying and cheating and disappointing so it, in fact every developer be lying and cheating and disappointing according <laughs> to the internet community so like well, what does that apply to what does that say yeah. Yeah, there's always the member wink <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> oh, oh man I mean oh man deals like this they they change things they bring together resources and talent that otherwise wouldn't cross paths and we get newer, better things as a result, or we learn about new problems and new obstacles that we can't overcome, or maybe we solve them. Who knows? And we reach a new new plateau. But this is just another step along the path of gaming history where things were one way and now a, a major move is going to shoot things off into a whole nother trajectory. So I'm looking forward to what this acquisition may bring, you know, like most people, I'm hoping it's going to result in the greatest fallout ever made. Now that obsidian in exile and Bethesda are all under the same umbrella, so, you know, obsidian, a lot of black isle people there made the original fallouts in exile masters of tactical turn-based gameplay creators of wasteland which was the inspiration for fallout to begin with and bethesda the current owners and developers of the fallout franchise so that alone is huge just on paper from a logistical standpoint really hoping for the best there looking forward to seeing what comes of the Elder Scrolls franchise, looking forward to seeing what Starfield's about, looking forward to seeing what comes of the Doom franchise. But most importantly, I'm most excited about seeing what will emerge from this merger that will be brand new, innovative, and defines the generation. So the talent and the resources there to get that done, all we have to do is sit back and wait for it to emerge. AMC, any last words? Yeah, I mean, kind of echoing what you're saying, it's a it's a big pickup. Uh, any developer that was able to hold their own E3 conference that now is a part of Microsoft, that's it's a big pickup. Um, the fact that they felt that they could do their own Bethesda world and then bring Bethesda world over to Microsoft. Um, so yeah, I think this is, I can't wait to see what games are announced, I guess a year or two from now. Um, hopefully they'll be able to, they already had games in the works that weren't <laughs> contractually obligated so that they have to like figure out what, how they're going to work how they're going to move forward with those games. Um, but yeah, hopefully they already had games in the works that are now just going to be 
guaranteed on Game Pass, um, so that we then just constantly see just announcements of new games coming to the Xbox series or to Game Pass or possibly on other platforms. So I think it's um I think it's a good thing. It's not holding back game development. Um, it's actually contributing to it. And yeah, I think it's it just adds a little more optimism for the future of gaming. A lot of people like I've seen people debating the price tag of Returnal. <laughs> And uh, oh, like, and there's all this. It doesn't like, look like a seventy dollar game. Yeah, there's all this this thing about seventy dollar games. So for people looking for value, you now have an option. And if you don't jump on that option, then the industry will continue to charge you what they think is a fair price, and you'll probably in continue to pay that price and continue to complain. <laughs> Go keep paying the price. <laughs> well, AFC, you probably don't have that long to wait for any kind of announcements or updates coming from the Microsoft Bethesda acquisition because word is they're already planning a summer event where they're going to be sharing more Bethesda-related news. So not much is known about this event as of yet, it's still in the planning phases. However, it is said to be taking place during summer. Now, we all know that Bethesda normally does their solo pre-E3 extravaganza. So I'm guessing that this is going to be something that's a little more grandiose and probably going to have a lot of information. Personally, I'm thinking that this is where they're finally going to have the info blowout for Starfield to give us a firm release date in November 2021 and set the internet on fire. How do you feel about this upcoming event, AMC? Yeah, that'd be great if we saw something. And who knows, like with the the way things are lining up, I did see a headline that I think like PAX Australia is actually going to have people in attendance in I think it's later this year, like late, late this year. So, and, and, you know, certain places are starting to open up some faster than others. Mm. <laughs> some, some less safely than others. <laughs> but yeah, as uh, we see more things open up, well, that means the possibility for more events. But I think uh, as of right now, they're probably not going to rely on E3 because we still don't really know how that's all going to play out. And so, yeah, this might be a, a huge event for Microsoft. And so, yeah, I can't wait to see what announcements that they'll have. Like if we could just see some type of trailer for Starfield, that would be absolutely amazing. Now that we're in the, the Xbox series and PlayStation five generation, let's, let's start seeing these big games, just little glimpses of them at least. And not, and not like a little, a leak, like how we saw with Elden Ring on somebody's Nokia phone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I want like a nice clean trailer of what this game could possibly be. So if that's what is unveiled, I would be extremely happy. Adam. Yes. Well, let's get into our next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. I got one more Microsoft one, unless you want to switch rails. No, no, let's, let's bang it out. What you got? Uh, just a little quick hit, a little Halo news. In case you were wondering, in case you're on the edge of your seat, <laughs> you better not, that seat better not be on the edge of the halo itself because you might find yourself careening into space. Yes, Halo Infinite, we got some new information. Uh, it seems like the more talked about aspects are things that it won't have as well as one thing that it will. So Halo Infinite won't have dual wielding, nor will you be able to play as a Covenant Elite. However, if you time it right, if you do it just properly, you can knock enemies off of the Halo ring. AMC, do you feel that this is a big enough trade-off? Dual wielding was, was some shit, and playing as an elite, that was some shit. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like if it fits into the narrative, um, that's probably why they don't want you playing as elite so i can i can stomach that a little bit better the dual wielding one you know i always love like holding having the needler and the uh what was it that charge pistol oh. so that i do the charge pistol take down the shield then hit them up with the needle and fuck them up uh. <laughs> uh things along those lines those combos are now taken away which is unfortunate but i mean let me see the game first and then i'll hold uh i'll hold a, a stronger opinion but I mean, the last time we saw some gameplay, I was perfectly happy with what I saw. So um, 
if it doesn't have dual wielding, but it looks like the game that I saw previously, I, I don't think I'll have a big issue about it. Yeah, I was nev- I'm never a fan of dual wielding in any game, really. I prefer to just to have my my one weapon and then swap it out with another weapon. That's how Especially I roll. too when it's like you have like a rocket launcher in one hand and a pistol in another. Like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any game where you could dual wield like that. <laughs> like damn. <laughs> It's like some dual wielding that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> we we should make a first person shooter called like first person the shooter. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just every element of first person shooting, but with no restrictions. So it's, so it's got dual wielding, but you can dual wield any two weapons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I eat, like all the two handed weapons can be dual wield. Yeah. <laughs> Dual wielding flamethrowers, <laughs> dual wielding, dual wielding what big ass mini guns, yeah, dual wielded fucking rocket launcher. <laughs> <laughs> oh mercy! Well, we gotta workshop that one. But yeah, those are the things you could do. Uh, I, yeah, I was never hot on dual wielding in the first place. I was never hot on playing as an elite. Halo is about the Master Chief, not about playing as the Covenant. I'm not gonna sympathize with the enemy. Um, yeah, man, it's, I just want Halo Infinite to come out and be as good as I know it's going to be. Just seeing that initial gameplay reveal and seeing the kind of things that they're having you do, just navigating the map, you know, finding the Covenant, doing shit, wiping them all out, going into their installation or their ships, downloading more info from their databases and continuing to move along the halo, you know, for whatever goal that they're going to have to motivate you to continue working, knowing that it's, it's open world, it's not level based. So, you know, you aren't really going to encounter points of no return. You're not really going to get funneled into an arena where it's like, okay, you come here, you fight the enemies, you leave here, you never come back. It's like, you're going to be moving around. There's going to be persistent things happening. There's going to be dynamic things happening in the environment. Who knows if more enemies will get introduced over time that will then spawn randomly within the halo ring as you're maneuvering. Who knows if you're like, if, if the situation is going to change, if you're going to get different events, there's a lot of unknowns that come along with the Halo formula being transplanted into an open world design. And I think, I think people really need to look at Halo Infinite with a bit more optimism than it was initially met with based purely on its visuals. So, you know, keep your eye on it. I think Halo Infinite has a lot of room to stun people when they aren't ready for it. Yeah, like the thing I would add too is um like one last note is we kind of saw this with God of War with the last one when people were just all people were focused on were the changes <laughs> and they, oh, they I can't got, see behind me. <laughs> I can't I can't jump. Yeah, like it's like just little things like that. And but then once they got their hands on the game, it ended up being amazing. And so if you focus too much on like what's been taken away as opposed to just the possibilities of a Halo game in a modern generation with these changes um like these additions um yeah i agree with you you need to kind of reframe how you're looking at it as opposed to looking at it from the lens of past halo games past Mm -hmm. halo experiences Mm -hmm. all right let's move on to the next topic of the week topic of the week all right, we're gonna do a uh, February NPDA dub. That date, 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 date. It's coming by way of the NPD group and Matt Piscatella. So here are February 2021's top 20 best-selling games of the month in the U.S. Number one, a dub. This is a new one. Not a surprise though. Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. Yeah, no surprise there. Game killed it. Everybody was looking forward to this port, and anybody who had a Switch probably bought this game. Number two, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War finally knocked off the list. Uh, Number three, got another new game, A-Dub, Persona 5 Strikers. Damn, Japan representing. Yeah, showing up. They said that the the turn-based time is over. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, It's coming back around, baby. Yes, sir. Number four. Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. People still buying it. I thought it was just DLC. Eh, oh, it's just DLC. Why are they charging me $70 for DLC, AMC? 
<laughs> number five, Madden NFL 21. Number six, got another new one, a dub, but it's not a little one. It's a big one. It's Little Nightmares 2. Twice the little, twice the nightmare. <laughs> number seven, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Eight, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Nine, Animal Crossing New Horizon. Ten, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. And we're going to bang out these next few. Um, let's see. FIFA 21, NBA 2K21, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Super Mario Bros. 3D, uh, Mortal Kombat 11, Ring Fit Adventure, Just Dance 2021, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and Immortal Phoenix. Let's see. The top 20 best-selling games of 2021 so far. Number one, Holding On, Call of Duty, Black Ops Cold War. Number two, Super Mario Brothers 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. Number three, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales 4, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Madden NFL 21, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Number nine, Persona 5 Strikers. And number 10, A-Dub, for the best-selling game of the year so far, Ring Fit Adventure. <laughs> Quarantine edition. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, top five uh, Nintendo games for February. Number one, Super Mario uh, Super Mario 3D World, Bowser's Fury. Number two, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Assassin's uh, not Assassin's Creed, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Super Mario 3D All-Stars. PlayStation, top five games of the month. Number one, Call of Duty Cold War, Black Ops Cold War, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, Persona 5 Strikers, Madden NFL 21, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and Xbox top five. <laughs> Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, Modern uh, Madden NFL 21, 3, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, 4, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, and 5, Little Nightmares 2. And then we got some hardware info. Monthly sales of video game hardware increased 121% when compared to February 2020 to 406 million. Uh, this is the highest total for a February month since 468 million reached in February 2011. Damn, so it's been a minute. Uh, Nintendo Switch was the best-selling hardware platform in both units and dollars in February. Unit and dollar sales and Nintendo Switch hardware in February were the highest for any hardware platform in a February month since Nintendo Wii in February 2009. Lifetime dollar sales on Nintendo Switch hardware have now exceeded those of the Nintendo DS, making Nintendo making the Switch Nintendo's second best-selling platform in U.S. tracked history. Nintendo Wii ranks first. Switch is currently the seventh best-selling hardware platform in Lifetime U.S. dollar sales. And we have this one, a dub that you alluded to earlier. Did you wanna did you wanna lay it out for us as far as PlayStation sales? I don't know how they go feel about it, ASC. I don't know. <laughs> so, the PlayStation 5 is officially the fastest selling console in US history for dollar sales. Yes. yes. The MPD group released its monthly report covering best selling consoles, video games, and more for February 2021 in the US. Uh, Nintendo Switch leads the charge as the best selling console for the month, with the PS5 behind it as second. How? Ever, the PS5 did overtake a record previously held by the Switch when it became the fastest-selling console in U.S. history after the NPD group tracked total dollar sales after four months in market. So you almost had it, Nintendo. Y'all, you, you, just, you held on as long as you could. But yeah, Sony's crazy, back, baby. The crazy part, too, is that this is a, a throttled PlayStation 5 as far as like the release not having as many consoles available to the market as they exactly. would like. So it's, but it's still the fastest selling console. So that's, that's going to be insane. I mean, this is just also just showing, I guess, the growth of the industry in that Nintendo switch is setting is just uh, setting all types of records. And now the PlayStation five is breaking them all from behind. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's, it's just showing that, the industry is not slowing down as much as people would like to say like, Oh, like the past generations were better. Yada, yada, yada. No, people are 
more hungry for video games, more people are jumping into video games. And yeah, everybody's just trying to get a console in their hands. Cause as far as we've seen Xbox, the Xboxes have been sold out as well. So they're mm-hmm. not doing, they're doing well also. So it's just, people are just trying to get their hands on consoles and all the consoles if possible. <laughs> I went to my friend's place yesterday. I, I haven't seen him in a long time. Got a PlayStation 5. I was like, oh man, I'm so mad. <laughs> I gotta get back on Twitter. Like I might even have to be checking Twitter during business hours. It did seems he, like sorry, did he show you like the PlayStation 5 or you're like, I don't I don't want to see it until I have my own? <laughs> no, it, it wasn't even his, it was his roommates. Oh, okay, okay. This <laughs> is sitting there all hooked up and shit. I was like, oh man. Oh, all sexy and shit. Oh sexy and shit. Like, uh, I'm getting getting closer, ain't <laughs> But yeah, it's, oh man, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you got any more MPD news? No more MPD news. Let's move on no to the more. next topic. Of the week. Top topic of the week. So, our next topic of the week. It's a little bad news for some of you. This may polarize our fan base. You know, some of us, we like to play the game straight up. We like to take it straight no chaser no rocks no water down we like to climb everest no oxygen feel the mountain some of y'all you need your sherpas and your helicopters and your fancy campsites some of y'all need a little help some of y'all let the game do the work for you well no more because ps5 developers can now add de nuvo anti-cheat to their games Jordan Olerman from IGN reports the Nuvo anti-cheat has joined the PlayStation 5 tools and middleware program, hoping to help developers to fight cheaters on the platform. Uh, the quote from the release states, Denuvo, the leader in video games protection, offers its anti-cheat solution through this program to publishers and developers whose games are available on PlayStation 5. Uh, Denuvo reasons that its tools will allow developers to protect their investment when approximately 70% of their revenue is earned in the first two weeks after the launch of a game. Many developers risk losing their player base if a game is overrun by you dirty rotten cheaters who ain't got nothing better to do and the cheat. Stop. It's over. AMC, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I'm glad. It this right here is what makes the console space for me the uh, premier area to play video gaming. Uh I used to play PC and I enjoyed it, but if you played anything multiplayer on PC, it was a guarantee that the person on the other side of the screen was cheating <laughs> and uh it was just always aggravating um and so yeah playing on the consoles you got a better version of that but even then you'll still run into cases where people have figured out a way to to cheat but it's just not nearly as rampant as it is on pc and seeing that they're actively trying to uh combat cheating this early in the generation i think is absolutely awesome and so yeah um hopefully this is something that will enhances experience and will in any type of way um limit i guess development of games uh but yeah i am all thumbs up for this (laughs) what do you gain by cheating i just don't understand it it's how is it fun to just basically run a game add some software to make it basically play itself and you're just sitting there watching the game generate better stats for you. <laughs> and that's all that it is. Like you're not you're not performing any better. You're not outperforming your competition. You're just telling the game to do things on your behalf and you're just walking away with stats that you didn't really earn. You're like, oh I beat you, I'm better than you. Like, motherfucker, you're cheating. <laughs> what is this? I I will never, I will never understand this. At least we're getting to a point in time when there will be a lot less of this going on so that more of us will be able to enjoy these games for a lot longer with healthy communities. Let's get into our next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. You got one? Yes, sir. Um, This by way of IGN, Naughty Dog. 
is, was caught hiring for a multiplayer game caught. <laughs> <laughs> in the shadows getting all that extra work for it. yeah naughty dog hiring for a multiplayer game built for longevity so this is this is coming straight from the article a dub a position for an economy designer multiplayer was spotted on naughty dog website which mentions that the successful candidate will ensure robust longevity for the studio's games as well as design implement and tune game economy and player progression systems keep it going <clears throat> robust longevity also suggests that the game will be supported over the years potentially incorporating live service features uh, yeah. speak to the listing summary which mentions the importance of providing players with great rewards to strive for naughty dog is looking for candidates experienced in player psychology uh, and narrative <laughs> tones suggesting there may be some sort of story threaded throughout the experience a lot of a lot of suggesting uh it seems likely that the successful candidate could be working on the standalone factions equivalent for the last of us part two factions in the last of us was a survival multiplayer spinoff that pit teams of players against each other utilizing the combat scene in the game's campaign back in september 2019 naughty dog said that the last of us part two wouldn't include an online mode but added that players will eventually experience the fruits of the of our team's online ambition, but not as part of The Last of Us Part Two. So A dub, a lot of speculation here. You know, every so time much. every time we see a hiring, people are like, oh well, now we know that Breath of the Wild 3 is being made. Yeah. Um <laughs> what do you what do you what do you think about this as far as Naughty Dog working on a multiplayer game? Uh it's Nice to see them direct their energy to something a bit different than what they've already been doing. Uh, they've spent a great deal of time in the single player space. I've seen people online making remarks such as they should stick to what they know and all that, like basically saying that Naughty Dog should stick to linear, scripted, narrative driven, you know, just story based single player experiences. But if we're going to take a phrase like that or a suggestion like that and apply it across the board, then we don't get Spider-Man from Insomniac. Then we don't get Ghost of Tsushima from Sucker Punch. Then we don't get Horizon Zero Dawn from Guerrilla Games. Like a, a lot of the best things come when a very proficient studio or just any talent steps outside of their comfort zone into something different than what they're already used to. So I'm excited to see what this is going to be. Uh, did they, was there a note that said it's not The Last of Us 2 related? Uh, not specifically, no. So, okay. so um, it, it's more than likely going to be factions. They already said that mode is going to return in some way, shape, or form. And if they're hiring for a multiplayer experience, then I imagine that this is what it is. So people were really into that game mode when the original The Last of Us came out. So hopefully it being what seems to be a standalone product is going to mean that it's going to get the greatest amount of attention and resources going into it. And yeah, hopefully this, this is what some of The Last of Us 2 fans have been waiting for who wanted, you know, a return to form for that mode. So a lot of people were fans. This is awesome. Looking forward to seeing it. AMC, what about you still? Yeah, I agree. Um, that whole stay in your lane thing. I'm sure people also probably said that to Rockstar when they were yeah. putting out GTA online. And that has made that game the best selling game forever. <laughs> and now nobody can say anything about anything ever again. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh like the whole, why are they doing this? They're ruining GTA, most successful mode ever, <laughs> ever, ever. Now and now that's pretty much spun off. It actually, yeah, it's it's spun off into its own standalone situation. Yeah, there's so, gonna be a GTA Online studio just yeah. dedicated to GTA Online, <laughs> so that they can go back to like trying to come up with new ideas in the next genre defining experience that changes the industry forever <laughs> yeah exactly and you think about it people have been so upset about the story of last of us and the characters of last of us and so now if you take the things that people enjoyed about the game which is the gameplay oh, so and some good. of those things and then 
they add in a feature where you can now create your own character that is not SJW and is a what is it a a cis male? Yeah. <laughs> then uh, you you can have that experience all you want and enjoy Last of Us once again without Neil Druckmann telling you that you need to be in a same sex relationship or something that might for some reason bother you in 2021. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, <laughs> that's that's not my choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So uh, I think this is, this is, if anything, it's, I feel like the right move for uh, Naughty Dog as far as like putting this game now in the hands of people to do with it what they will. Uh, I'm interested to see, since they alluded to that there would be story, if there will be like co-op experiences, things along those lines, um, where it's not necessarily an escort mission. Now as you and the homie uh, rolling through the town, kind of division style, but but the fact that you're it's a Naughty Dog game, you're relying a lot more, or at least The Last of Us possible game, you're relying on stealth and things along those lines. Um, they could really do some interesting things that we don't necessarily see in this space. And yeah, um, I, I can't wait to see what the, the fruits of this labor turns out. Hey, Deb, what you got in the next topic of the week? To- topic of the week. Uh... I got nothing but quick hits after this. You ready? Ready to yeah, leave this off? This is, this is all you from here on out. All right. Square Enix is going to have a digital showcase in the vein of Nintendo Directs. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing a new Life is Strange, some more, some more footage for Outriders, and some updates for Avengers. So this inaugural installment is going to be airing on March 18th at 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern. You can check out Square Enix's Twitch and YouTube. And the full lineup includes the following. A reveal of the next Life is Strange, Outriders, Balan, Wonderworld, uh, the ongoing celebration for the 25th anniversary of Tomb Raider. So we imagine we're going to see what's going on with the next phase of the Tomb Raider franchise, of which Square Enix is on record stating that they're going to work on, a, on an experience that merges the reboot franchise with the original Tomb Raiders. That's got a lot of people's interests. AMC, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I can't wait. I, I you know, in general, I've been enjoying all these anniversaries <laughs> that I've been coming up. It's just like uh, one Mario, Mario on March tenth. Yeah, uh, I think like Zelda, Mass Effect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it Zelda always, anniversary. It always tends to turn out something that is like awesome for for gamers and for fans of these games, these these properties. And so, yeah, uh, why not give uh, Laura Croft her due? <laughs> and speaking of Zelda, did you have any interest in ever getting Cadence of Hyrule? That was the uh, that the the, the Crypto Necro Dancer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's that's on my radar. <laughs> yes. I'm t- that's girlfriend sleeper game of the year. <laughs> Yeah, you said uh, Crypto Necro Dancer was pretty pretty awesome. So I can't wait to get back into that. So yeah, open games. <laughs> I have to close out. But continuing on with the with the items that'll be in the showcase, the lineup also includes Marvel's Avengers, uh, Just Cause Mobile, uh, a new mobile game announcements from the award winning Square Enix Montreal studio, and also a look at a few of the Winds of Gold games from Square Enix sister company Titan. So that's what's going on with Square Enix. We'll get to our next little quick hit topic of the week. Topic, topic of the week. A uh, little somber news. The founder of Rockstar Leeds, Gordon Hall, has died at the age of 51. So rest easy. Thank you for all your hard work and your contribution. Uh, Gordon Hall, he founded the studio that worked on the likes of Red Dead Redemption and GTA Chinatown Wars, as well as L.A. Noir. So, you know, if you played any of those games or enjoyed them, pour out a little something for you, boy. Rest easy. Next quick hit, topic of the week. Topic of the week. Uh, coming by IGN, Jordan Oleman, lighten it up on the news feed. Overwatch quietly rolls out Xbox Series X and Series S enhancements. So if you haven't been keeping up, we're here to keep you up. Players are now able to switch between three different graphic options modes to suit their preferred playstyle. You have resolution mode, which gives you 4K 60 Hertz on Series X and 1440p 60 Hertz on Series S. The balance mode, which is 1440p 
60 hertz on X, 1080p, 60 hertz on S, and then frame rate mode, which is 1440p, 120 hertz on Series X, and 1080p, 120 hertz on Series S. Though, if you're in Overwatch, you want to play with a little more high performance, then the Xbox series of consoles has got your back. You get on there and you got three different modes to choose from that are going to allow you to enjoy the game either in greater visual fidelity or in much higher frame rate performance. So you can make sure you toss in them shurikens where they need to go, make sure you time skipping through the right enemies and move that fucking payload. Next quick hit topic of the week. Time topic of the week. A couple of them. So do these together since they relate. Borderlands movie castings. We know how much people love those. <laughs> so uh, Haley Bennett has been cast in a brand new role that's being made specifically for the film. She'll be a key character to the past of Kate Blanchett's Lilith. Uh, someone in the comments said something along the line of, oh, so this is fan fiction now. It's like, dude, uh, whenever you adapt something for the screen or for the television, you're going to take some artistic liberties in order to differentiate it just enough so that it's fresh while still remaining somewhat true to the source material. So get off your high horse and get your head back in your ass. Next topic of the week, quick hit. Topic of the week, quick hit. (laughs) (laughs) We're coming up with these new songs every day. Uh, Borderlands cast Florian Moutinho uh, to officially play as Krieg. So he played, he was in Creed movies, I believe he was Victor Drago in Creed 2. So now he's going to be in the Borderlands movie playing as Krieg. I believe Krieg <laughs> is a psycho, perpetually on fire. So it's going to be interesting. This movie is shaping up, man. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. This movie is going to be hilarious. It They just have to do that action. There has to be like guns just falling from the sky at all times. He was so massive in Creed. <laughs> he was Jesus. so big. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I need to go back and watch Creed. But yeah, man. That, that does it for me. AMC, you got anything else for our listeners at home? I got nothing else, A-Dub. You got any final words? Oh man, we're we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, Sleepy Joe is, is got his Folgers. He's wide awake. He's hard at work, and we're we're coming out of this nightmare. So you know, remember all the good things that you learn. Keep the good habits strong. Leave behind all bad stuff that you came across. You know, keep reflecting and wear your goddamn mask. Get your goddamn vaccine. Let's get back outside and give each other. Up. Police control issues. I am the eight. Sue. And this is eight. We are control issues. Thanks for coming. Suckers. Suckers.